Today's show is a bit special. While we normally like to talk with photo booth owners about how they maintain their success in their business, today we are going to get a little bit real. Every day is a new day and I know that I've struggled as an owner on how to navigate the world of events in this new COVID world. Our equipment is high touch and our business thrives on the gathering of large groups of people. Some of the questions that I know I've dealt with are regarding liability of possibly spreading the disease through our equipment or what contractual changes I need to make in order to protect myself if we happen to have a second wave. I think we've all actually finally read our contract for the first time in years after we started getting all of the postponements and cancellations due to COVID. I decided to reach out to my friend Aaron Arce Stark of Ash Law and ask him the questions that I know we've all been wondering. Aaron is a lawyer that actually understands the photo booth business and specializes in photo booth and photography law. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for coming back. My name is Catalina and I run a photo booth business called Modern Photo Booth. You are tuned in to the Photo Booth podcast where we talk all things photo booth business. And today we are talking about contractual changes to consider post-COVID. So stick around. Welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great. This is a good topic to talk about with everything going on. So I am uh, happy to happy to give any information that you that you need. Perfect. And uh, I'm so happy to have you on because you are one of the few lawyers that actually truly understands the photo booth business. And it's refreshing to not have to explain for a couple of hours what it is we do exactly because we're not identical to a photographer or videographer. Right. We have our own needs, so there no, there hasn't been anyone who's touched on this subject for us, unfortunately. But I'm happy that uh, we will be the first ones. Um, so I have a couple of questions for you, if you're you're yeah, ready. Yeah, fire away! I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. So obviously, we've seen a lot of stuff happening with COVID, things that nobody really knew how to handle, and we're kind of past that point now. And um, a lot of parts of the U.S. are opening up. And now we're having to deal with a whole set of new issues regarding contracts, employees and all that kind of stuff. And we've all been, you know, we all talked about the force majeure clause and how everyone needs to have it. And I think that's a very popular word now. But what yeah. other contract changes should we be looking at? So, um, you know, one of the ones that you should have in your in your contract now is that you want to make sure that there is a dangerous conditions type clause in, in your agreement, because while people might still be trying to have weddings um, or, you know, events where the where they're renting photo booths, um, they may be doing it against the safety and health guidelines of the state. And every state is going to be different or in, in the country, whatever country you're, you're in, they're going to have their own sets of guidelines that address what people can and can't do because of the pandemic. So um, if you find yourself in a situation where you have a client uh, and they are insistent on still going forward with whatever event they had uh, planned um, and it's going against some of the guidelines and you don't feel comfortable, you want you do want a provision in your contract. And you should have that in there anyway, uh, outside of, you know, uh, a threat of a pandemic um, that says basically that if this event violates um, any laws or goes against the safety and health guidelines of, uh, of the location where the event is taking place, that you have the right to not participate, to terminate this agreement. 
Um, and you can, you know, determine whether or not you'll refund any money or whatever, but you would have the, but you could say, you know, you have the right to, to, to keep all, all monies paid or not show up or terminate early and, and then cover your, what services you've rendered, um, uh, and be compensated for that. But that's something that's really important to have in there. And that's some, a question I've gotten a lot, uh, from photo booth owners is that, you know, the people are saying, you know, this is, we have a, a wedding booked in July and I, they're still planning on inviting 300 people and it's going to go against that. So um, if they don't feel comfortable, then that's, you know, that, that would be something that a photo booth owner could lean on and also try to negotiate with their clients say, you know, really, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I've stated this in my contract. So maybe let's try to work together. So either you cut down the number of people or we reschedule to a later date. Um, so that way we're all safe, uh, you know, going forward. So that's a, that's an important thing to have in there. And by the way, if you don't have it that in there, you know, don't feel, don't get too worried about it. You always have the right to not put yourself in danger. So, um, you can create that and you can, you know, but this gives you at least some language to lean on if you have that in your contract. So. Okay. That's interesting. That's actually a really good point that, you know, just because it's on your contract, you don't have to complete it if you're in a group of people coughing and sneezing all over you. Right. You never, you never have to place yourself in a situation where um, going forward would, would be against the law or against, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, a guideline. Um, you don't have to put yourself in that type of situation, um, and so you can use that. But it is nice to have that language in there. Um, so, and I can address the force majeure clause too if you want me to. If that's something that I know that comes up a lot, but. Um, yeah, it probably would be helpful, but also um, maybe what you can also discuss is, you know, we've got we've ha we've gone through the first wave, and there's a very good possibility that there might be a second wave and a second shutdown. What can we do, I guess, with the force majeure clause to have it make sure that it covers us in the future? Maybe not even for pandemics, but maybe for like anything really, because right. and all that kind right. of stuff. It's, so, a force majeure clause is basically just to kind of recap on what it really is. It's just, it's an event that is a unavoidable and unpredictable and usually something that's immediate. So um, a pandemic could fall into that situation. It's been our position a lot of the times that it doesn't and necessarily only because that uh, a lot of these events, depending on what the event is, I mean um, like if the, this was a photo booth event, if, if it was a graduation or something where it's really couldn't be rescheduled, but for the most part, like a wedding, these are non-time sensitive events and it could be rescheduled. And because something could be rescheduled without a lot of harm, that kind of takes it out of this force majeure event, but still um, they're important to have in your contract. Uh, it should be addressed. You know, if something like that happens where it impedes the performance of the contract, whether, you know, you can't show up um, or the client can't have their event um, what happens in that situation. Um, some contracts don't have these clauses at all. Some of them are very, uh, they say, okay, if something like that happens, then there's a full refund. But the situation we're in now where there's just multiple cancellations, um, multiple rescheduling, uh, people just can't afford to give everything back. Um, and they really shouldn't when something can be rescheduled. So basically the way we've been drafting them is that uh, you know, in the event of a, of a force majeure event, a pandemic, a government uh, restriction, something that basically just impedes the ability for you to, to go forward um, uh, with the service, uh, we're asking that the client reschedule they, and they use the rescheduling clause or whatever rescheduling policy the, the photo booth owner has. Um, and then if they decide not to reschedule, if the client decides not to reschedule or 
you know, it's just not possible. Then the cancellation provision kicks in and the, the client, the agreement is deemed canceled. And then whatever policies surround the cancellation, usually it's that the photo booth owner gets to keep the non-refundable retainer in that situation. So that way they're not giving everything back and they really shouldn't because you know, they held up their end of the deal by blocking off that date for them by turning away other business. Um, this is a situation that was out of their hands. So them being able to keep that non-refundable retainer uh, is reasonable in that situation. So it was deemed earned once they were, once it was paid to them because they blocked it off and they, you know, they, they turned away other business. Um, so that's, that's a reason to keep that non- non-refundable retainer. So anyway, that's, um, something that you should have in have in your agreement for sure. Um, and you should basically really spell out what, um, what you get to keep, you know, what you are agreeing to keep in, in, in the event of something like that happens or so, um, that's okay. that we're, we're going and we're trying to just really press that tell my, my clients, I'm telling my clients that go back to their clients and say, Hey, you know, really let's reschedule. This is not, you know, uh, if we can reschedule, let's do it. That should be the best. Hopefully that's the best outcome for them. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know for myself, we've only, we've only had one person who actually canceled. They rescheduled their wedding three times. And then by the end of it, they were like, I'm done. (laughs) That's, and that's, so when I was dealing with this back when, you know, it was March, it was still early on. And I had a lot of uh, photo booth owners, photographers coming to me and, you know, we didn't, nobody knew how long this was going to last. So they were doing rescheduling of events um, to June or July, thinking we would be past this, uh, by that point. And it's obviously not looking like that's the case at all. So now what the biggest issue now is this, the multiple reset you brought up. So what happens in that situation? So in that situation, really, um, you know, you can't make your contract all about addressing this pandemic. So you should have extra policies in place outside of your contract. Um, so that way you can say, okay, you know, I know my contract says I'm not, um, going to give back the retainer if you cancel and da da da. But for this instance, I'm going to allow a rescheduling. I'm going to, I'm not going to enforce my rescheduling fee, you know, have some sort of policy in place that you could tell your client and try to work with them, obviously to, to try to reschedule, but you have to do it within reason. Cause if there's going to be these multiple changes and rescheduling, then um, the, the photo booth owner is going to have to, they don't want to miss out. The biggest issue is you don't want to miss out on a full paying client of people you know, reschedule well into 2022 or something like that, which is an issue I had yesterday. Um, yep, I'm seeing so, that too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so think about, you know, one of the things that we've developed is we've said that, okay, if it's out further than a year that the um, photo booth owner's client wants to reschedule, then Friday, Saturdays um, throughout uh, May and September are off. Like you can't pick those days. Those are prime days or, you know, you could kind of have policies like that in place. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, so it's like you're working with your client, but you're still protecting your business too. So right. no, I've, yeah, I've heard a lot of people who have done that. And, you know, some people who are like, we're not charging any rescheduling fee for 2021. I've only had one person inquire about 2022 and technically it's January. So it's like borderline for me. I mean, right. Yeah. 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 But you and, know, if it were like two full years, I could definitely see something like that working. Right. And you could, you know, and, you could have a fee involved if we're that far out and things like that. But, um, so yeah, you just got, it's weird. Everything changes. You have to kind of get creative on how to make this all work. Now, going back to the uh, retainer, um, because, you know, a lot of us have the wording that our retainer is non-refundable and I know that differs from state to state, you know, deposit retainer, all that kind of stuff. But 
In terms of the wording of a retainer, uh, I've heard some people say that, you know, the retainer now outlines things the, like the fact that it doesn't just hold the date, but it's also paying for like the administrative work and, and just explaining more as to why it's not a refundable right. amount. Mm -hmm. Is that something you suggest? So, yeah, that's actually, that's a really good language to have in there. So your, your retainer, so what I'm doing now, because, especially because of this, I'm advising my clients that we should all be using booking fee or some sort or or with the language fee in there somewhere, retainer fee, booking fee, because it, it connotes this idea that um, once if you're paying for that in order to book these services, like that's what it's being used for, even though it's going to ultimately be applied to the overall package price, that this is the initial payment that you're using to a cover administrative costs to book services um, so that the, the photo booth owner turns away other business. Um, and that's what you're, and you're explaining that in your contract too. It could just be a couple of sentences. This is a you know, non-refundable booking fee because I'm using this to, you know, it's legal consideration to reserve my services and it covers my administrative costs going forward and all that kind of stuff. You could say that in there and, and I, I would totally advise to do that um, because uh, you want to explain to your, your clients why. And also um, it's an easier pill to swallow if they do end up canceling and you say, well, you know, it's not refundable and they, they, under, they can understand because it's right there in black and white, why it was non-refundable. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a really important thing to do. So I do like using booking fee. It's just kind of this like, oh, this is the fee I have to pay just to book you. And I like that. That's, I like that, um, what's implied in that. So that's a good verbiage to use. I mean, retainer deposits, I hear all sorts of stuff about it. It's like, you know, I wouldn't get too hung up um, which word you should use, just as long as you are explaining, like you said, Catalina, that what it's being used for. Um, one quick side note, uh, now that I'm helping photographers and photo booth owners navigate this situation where there's a lot of cancellations, um, where I'm seeing threats of litigation by their clients is when the retainer or booking fee or whatever you call it, wanted to call it, was 50% or more. So when it so now i'm you know i'm really and this is something i've done for a while i say really people should probably break it into thirds um when people pay the first payment should be you know a third um because that just seems a, a little it's it's a good amount to cover administrative costs to um for the photographer for the photo booth owner um you know as an initial as an initial payment it's enough for them um but it's not so big where their clients are going to just be like, Oh my God, you know, I got to cancel and I lost all of this money and you didn't provide any sort of service. Um, so when it's, once it gets that 50% mark is when the only time I see people threatening to sue or they go out and they hire a lawyer. Cause they're, they're like, Oh, you know, I can hire a lawyer and yeah, it's going to cost me money. But if I get that 50% back, cause I hired a lawyer, I'd st it, my, I still make out better. Um, whereas if it's a third, you might just kind of break even. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, what I find interesting about that concept, and this is something that I've considered quite a bit, not even just thirds, but doing like installments, because as a photo booth owner, like we have to do all the creative and all the coordination beforehand, you know, in order to deliver, right? right. Unlike a photographer who is like, there's, there is definitely some administrative work before the wedding, but it, the majority of it is done after the wedding, right? And that's something that I think a lot of people have struggled with with photo booths because we say like, like I had one cancel the weekend before their wedding, their booth was ready to go out. Right. 
Right. And she asked for a refund. I, I actually gave her a full refund with the exception of the retainer, which for us is $500. I was mm -hmm. comfortable keeping that amount because of the amount of work we had done on her photo booth job already. Um, and so, yeah, that's really made me think about how to structure pricing going forward to make sure that we do have this covered, not just in pandemics, but like in any type of cancellation. Well, right. If any type of, and because people are going to get upset no matter what they're canceling for. Now they have a better reason maybe that they feel that they can cancel. But, um, but still if people generally, these are for joyous events, right? So if some, if they're canceling, there's probably some issue they're dealing with. And so I think, um, so when their vendors and the photographers and the photo booth person and this and that, and everybody says, Hey, we're keeping all this money. I think it maybe can boil over. So it's a, it's a tough situation. Um, so yeah. So if the more reasonable you can make your payment installments, um, the more you can lay out in your contract, what, uh, the retainer is being used for the better you're going to be to, to defend yourself against not having to get back the retainer later on if they cancel. So yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay, so I have a bit of a hard one for you, I guess. Uh, okay. Photo booths are high touch, right? You know, a lot of us yeah. are trying to convert to touchless or having the attendant do most of the touching of the booth, but it, I don't think we can do it forever. So is there such a thing as, you know, uh, release of liability for cross-contamination or virus, like anything to protect us from people touching the booth and getting sick if someone else touched it? Yeah, so this is... This is a very good question, and I, I mean, I can see this being an issue, and it may be an issue later, um, in terms of maybe some sort of litigation where someone says, I was at a wedding, and the photo booth got me sick because I touched it. So um, you can have a general limit of liability in your in your clause that if anyone gets hurt, and and um, your, your agreements should have something like this anyway, uh, that, you know, if the photo booth falls over or something like that and it hurts someone, that you're going to limit any sort of liability. You won't be... Um, uh, you know, you won't be liable for that unless, but the, where you do become liable and what you can't contract around, especially in this situation is if you're negligent. So, uh, you know, like if you put the photo booth down and you didn't secure it properly, you put it on a hill or something like that. And, you know, you should have known being the professional that this could fall over and hurt someone. So you could be liable for that. Um, but if you, the, the issue with getting sick and touching it might be a good advertising thing to say, Hey, we put hand sanitizer next to it and when Clorox wipes wipe down the screen or something like that. So we're always like clean, but no, you really don't. And you know, in my opinion on this, um, you can't really be held liable in that situation because there's this assumption of risk that everybody has when they, they know they're touching this. They it's on their responsibility to wash their hands afterward not touch their face and those sorts of things. It would be because if it, it's kind of a slippery slope, if you start accusing and suing people um, and companies because they have things that require touch um, and people can say they get sick. Right. So you could start suing everybody, you know, um, you know, you walk into a bank and they didn't clean the door handle on the, the you know, when you walk, you know, it could get go crazy or whatever. Right. Um, in a grocery store, touching merchandise in a grocery store that other people touch, are they supposed to wipe that down? So things like that. So it is sort of on them, but I could see, you know, that happening where, where this gets, um, more serious. So is that if you yourself were sick as a photo booth operator person, they, they're, they're operating the photo booth or helping out, um, and you knew you were sick, um, and, 
and then you know you still attended this event and still help people um you know work the photo booth and things like that then you could be considered as being someone who's negligent you had a duty to not um be there and spread this virus around but that's only if you knew that you're sick you know um and knew that you may be sick with this potentially lethal disease it's like in a, if it's a common cold or you know that's where i could see maybe something like that happening okay um and there's already kind of some cases coming out about that um not with photo booths, but uh, just where people attend certain places knowing that they're sick. Um, yeah. And so, so that could, that's a, that could be an issue, but no, in terms of just, you know, use of the photo booth and people know that this is how you could potentially get sick, then um, it's really, it's really on them that they have the, the responsibility to make sure, you know, they're going to be clean, but you guys could always say, Hey, we're, we understand this is a high touch thing. So this is, we're doing our part to, um, to make sure that it's clean. But um, yeah. So adding, so a lot of our photo booths have like a disclaimer screen, which we use for, you know, sharing of the photo and that. Right. Um, is it like overkill to add it on there or doesn't really matter? Like that was, serves no purpose to say like you're accepting the risk by touching this or. You know, crazy. I mean, this is, I'm starting now, like we're talking about it. I, I, I'm thinking. So, okay. I mean, this is actually kind of like a lot to on to think about actually because for one we'd have to know if you knew that people were getting sick like mm -hmm. so it's kind of about your knowledge right if you knew that people were getting sick by using your photo booth then yeah maybe you might have a duty to disclose like hey you know that you're touching this you gotta you know you either you have to provide something to make sure they're not doing that or you would have to say that there's some sort of assumption of risk by doing this mm -hmm. i think that might be overkill but it really is if you can kind of pinpoint the fact that, um, you know, that people are, uh, people are touching it. Um, it's just not, it's also not a situation where it's not like food or something like that, where you're, where there's a higher risk of, you know, getting sick that way. You know, this is uh, something different in a sense that you don't necessarily need to warn people about all that, but I could see if there was some sort of, if there's just some situation where, yeah, you know, everybody's getting sick by doing these photo booths, we got to warn people, but that's not the case, you know? So I feel like um, we could also be like, well, here's a picture of you with three people and you're not six feet apart. <laughs> well, that's you the know? thing too, like, you know, and, but you're, that's not your responsibility, right? To make sure people, yeah. are, uh, well, that's what I mean. Are, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Like how uh -huh. do you prove that it's the photo booth or are you just standing? Well, that's also the thing. Yeah, good point. That's also what I was going to say. You have to show negligence. You have to show causation. So how do you know really where anything like that came from? But mm -hmm. you, you know, people, um, people are just for, like I said, for sort of marketing purposes, letting people know, Hey, wipe this down and Hey, do this or whatever. Um, like if you get COVID testing or uh, there are, basically in situations where you know people are sick and they're they are touching it like if you had a photo booth event at a covid <laughs> covid place or something then yeah maybe you might have some responsibility to be like hey we have to wipe this down each time or something like that right but just yeah. some general event um where you just you don't have that type of knowledge that someone is going to be spreading this really uh or that your photo booth contributes to the spread of this then yeah there's really not a, a duty to do that it's kind of so it really comes to just knowledge and whether or not you can kind of contribute that to the spread of it but i wouldn't worry i think that's like way far out and left i don't think that's um yeah 
responsibility that I would worry about, but I can definitely see people, you know, have been some somewhat concerned, but I wouldn't be, um, if I were, if they were coming to me and asking me, I'd say, no, you shouldn't be concerned about that. Yeah. It's funny. You should mention like having a photo booth in a COVID area. We actually had a hospital reach out to us saying they wanted to have a photo booth there for nurses to like, and doctors to give uh test like testimonials of what was going on with covid and these are like covid nurses and doctors and i'm like uh you realize that it's a high touch area yeah, I mean, yeah it's I a high you uh, guys have a lot of like alcohol on hand but yeah <laughs> i mean do it it's simple as just put it like make sure to wash your hands after touching yeah. us. other people have touched it before you and it's not being wiped down so you may yeah. that would, would be, but that's kind of a situation where like oh, maybe uh, putting something. But then again, it, it's it's common knowledge too that um, usually where negligence comes in is when there's this unforeseen danger that maybe you know and somebody else doesn't know, and because you know it and you didn't warn someone about it, then you know, that's where you might find some have some liability. But everybody knows that this is how it spreads. I mean, you see every two seconds, you got to wash your hands, got to do all this stuff. So because of that. Um, the duty really to warn people or to do something about it really isn't there because people already know, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Crazy so, times, huh? What a weird thing to talk about. So. <laughs> Seriously. So this kind of leads me a little bit to employees uh, that we might have. And, you know, we've all heard about employees not wanting to come back to work and stuff. And for us, like we're trying to do a lot more digital drop-offs and, and hands-free photo booths and whatnot. But at the same time, I still want to employ my staff. And I think there's a huge benefit to having a person there. And our staff were always a big part of what made us such a great company. So, you know, is there any precautions um, or anything that we should be looking at in terms of our contracts with our employees? And what about people who are like, we don't want your staff wearing protective gear, but obviously I feel like we have to let them wear it if they feel right yeah so in terms of pr protective gear you i mean you should people you have to protect yourself too and you want to do you want to be able to provide the service so that you're safe as well um and especially with your employees if you're sending people out there then yeah you might actually have a duty to provide them with if, if they're going to in a place right now where you know people are having events right now yeah there, there's a threat of getting COVID. So, um, so, you, you know, if you're there, if they're going into these events, you guys might, as a business owner, might have to help and provide some sort of mask or protective equipment for your, for your own employees to, before they go out there. Um, uh, if you're sending them into an environment that could be some known danger, known danger. So, um, but in terms of the, your clients and they say, we don't want you guys wearing this. Well, that's, this is your business. This is, you call the shots on how you operate your own business and you tell them that's, you know, that's, that's the way we operate. So um, if you don't want us, that's the way, that's how we're going to go. So that's, and that's also where that dangerous conditions clause comes in too, that you're going to do what you feel safe doing and they have to be okay with that. And if they're not okay with that, then you can terminate this agreement and then that's it. So that's, that's why that's, some, that's why that's important too, to have in there. But yeah, definitely. I mean, you should be wearing masks. You should be doing those things. Um, to protect yourself and, and also protect the people that are at the event too. So, yeah. Of yeah. Course. Um, well, that's really like the most pressing questions I had, but you know, in your experience, is there anything else that you feel uh, is important for photo booth owners to know or consider with, you know, their contracts or even how they're dealing with, you know, these refunds and, and people canceling and all that kind of stuff? 
So, you, you know, the refund issue is really tricky. Um, this, it's funny because it, I, I have a lot of, I've gotten a lot of clients dealing with this stuff. And then I've kind of, a lot of it, I've taken over communication with clients, um, with my photography and photo booth clients and, you know, basically taking over communication that they have with their clients and navigating this refund issue. Um, and it really, it's, there's this legal side to it, but then there's also just this business side to it too. You know, Kelly, you, you mentioned that you refunded somebody when they canceled on you that you just, even though you could have kept that, you did keep the retainer, but you refunded everything else and you could have kept that, you know, it kind of is like, well, you know, what's the smart business thing to do. Um, and then what's the legal side to do. So a lot of times, yeah, these, uh, photo booth business owners can keep a lot of what they've been paid based off of how their contracts are written. Um, but you know, is it the smart thing to do? And I know it's really hard because people are getting massive cancellations. So what I've been you know, test telling clients and that, but just to try to meet somewhere in the middle, maybe you don't refund everything, but you try to refund a portion or you, you know, you provide them with some other extra service or something like that, or be creative in terms of how to settle the, settle this disagreement uh, over the cancellation. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of um, finesse and trying to find the, the happy medium. And a, a lot of people are leaning, a lot of their clients are leaning on the fact that, oh, this is a force majeure. This is a frustration of purpose that it's impossible to have these events. But the issue really is that um, it's not always the case, like we had mentioned, because one, you can reschedule it for the most part, unless it is a time sensitive event. Um, but also it's not necessarily impossible um, because a lot of these events people are trying to cancel aren't happening for another couple of months. Um, we probably will be in this situation maybe, but maybe not. And so that's why it's really hard to, when people say I need to cancel because of this pandemic, but my, my wedding isn't until September, um, you know, it's totally understandable that they would want to do that and reschedule or cancel or, but the thing is, is you can't necessarily lean on calling this a force majeure event because we all know it's here and we can all make arrangements to, to address it. Um, it's not something that just happened completely unexpectedly. Now we know what we're dealing with. Um, so, so to say something's impossible is not necessarily true. You can just reschedule it, but, um, that's the number thing. Number one thing is to try to really convince your clients to try to reschedule. Uh, and then if not, then work out something where you can give a partial refund. Um, but, you know, keep in mind, if you do get that one client that is just a pain and they're just hell bent on getting their money back, you may just want to give it back. I know it can just be really hard to do. And see, even as a principal point of view, like, no, you know, this is mine type of thing. But it sucks to be sued. You don't want to be sued. Even though you might have a winning case, it still is not a good thing to do. It's horrible. You know, it really is a stressful thing and it's going to cost you money anyway. So it's better to be that person where they're, where that client says, Oh, I went to them and they gave it back and they were so nice about it. And they really helped me out. And then they go and they tell all their friends that, Hey, if you ever get married, you know, work with these photo booth people because they were great with me. So, you know, that's, that could be worth a lot in the long run. Something to think about, you know? So, yeah, no, I mean, that's yeah. kind of been my thinking with it the whole time. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of these people, right. Especially with this girl who like rescheduled her wedding three times and then just got so frustrated. She's like, I'm done. I don't even, I don't know if I'm going to do right. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> these rescheduling multiple times is, is an issue too. And so, yeah, th there's just no, 
you know, it just sucks. There's no easy answer for this, really. Um, mm-hmm. We all have to be kind of flexible in that. Um, but it's true. You run a business. You count on this money. You've budgeted for this money. You, a lot of people have uh, independent contractors or employees that they're paying. And so, you know, that's what the, that money was going toward to keeping your business afloat. Um, so I can understand completely why people are not jumping to just refund everybody. Um, so yeah, so it's a tough, it is a tough sell. That's why being proactive too is really good. So it's really important to know if people haven't canceled with you yet or rescheduled to send out your policy on what people can do. Hey, we know this may affect your wedding. Um, we are wide open for, you know, this month and that month. If you want to reschedule, please do that right now. We'll get you guys set up. Uh, you know, no fee changes, no nothing. Do that, um, and then maybe you know try to encourage and, and be out front with it. Um, so that way you can maybe avoid people just feeling like they're they're helpless and they just come and they cancel with you. But if you're more proactive, and then that way you know you can avoid a lot of problems too. You can remind them that you better. It's good to, re, to reschedule because the retainer is not refundable. Keep that in mind. And, you know, <laughs> let people know that you know. So, yeah, yeah, and actually, that does trigger another question uh, for me. Um, people who do reschedule, what we've been doing is we've had them actually sign a cancellation agreement for the original date, stating that the retainer will be moved to the new date, and then having them sign a brand new contract, which of course does have new clauses in it, and we do right. let them know that. But you know, is it better to do it that way, or is an amendment just as good to the original contract? So, the, um, what you're doing is fine too. Um, so having a cancellation agreement, it's always good to do that period to have some sort of agreement like, hey, we're canceling this and we're relieved from any obligation on that date. It's being wiped from the calendar. So that way it's all um, upfront and clear. So it is important to do that. So that's good. So in terms of moving it to a new contract, you can do that too, because especially now a lot of people are updating their contracts to address these certain situations. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, technically it is an amendment if they're just changing the date. And mm-hmm. if both parties agree, so you might get a client that doesn't feel that wants the, the, the terms of the old contract, because that's what they originally signed with you about. And if both people are disagreeing just to change the date, then it could carry over. So yeah, you have to let your client know that like you do, Hey, mm-hmm. we're updating this contract and, um, we can keep the same one, but, or we can go forward with this new one. But yeah, when they originally signed that with you and if you, both parties are agreeing to amend, um, and I'm sure there's some sort of amendment provision in the, in your contracts, then yeah, the old clauses would stay and, the, and it would kind of still carry over. Um, so that's how, that's how we're doing it in terms of advising our clients is that you would just have an amendment. Um, and then any new clients would sign the contracts that we've been, uh, revising for them. Um, just because I, I get, I do get a little nervous about switching terms on people and kind of starting over, um, unless everybody's absolutely clear about that, but mm-hmm. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, you know, for anyone who is interested in having their contract reviewed, you have a really great deal going on and I know we've worked together on contracts before and, um, you know, I use a lot of your contracts in my business now, even though I am in Canada, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you understand the business, which is again, the biggest part of this for photo booth owners. So you have a special right now for people to have their contract reviewed for, I mean, everything really COVID related. And it also includes a one hour consultation for $4.99. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. For $4.99. Yeah. So we take, um, the photo booths owner, their, their agreement, we look at it because I want to know exactly how they operate. Everybody kind of does things a little bit differently. And I want to make sure that we maintain their overall, uh, 
specific needs that they have in their contract. Um, then we revise everything. We look for if there's any holes that are there. Uh, we, we make sure we, we beef up other provisions. Um, we go further into addressing this rescheduling and cancellation, um, which will be very helpful in the time that we're dealing with, but just in general. So we make sure that is spelled out very well in their, in their contract. Um, and then that's, it takes about a week or so we get it, we, we address it or we revise it, set up, a an, a, a call with the photo booth owner and we go over it every single sentence by sentence. It takes about an hour because I want to make sure that they completely understand everything in their agreement, where it is, how to find it and how to explain what those things are in case their clients have questions too. Um, then we finalize the changes and then they're good to go. And we also give them, uh, we developed uh, our own COVID policy and um, procedure on uh, how to address multiple cancel our multiple rescheduling and if things are pushed out for a year and what happens. And um, so we kind of, oh, because over the last few months we've gotten dealt with a lot of different issues. And so we've been trying to work on a document that uh, helps address each of those issues that, uh, that photographers or photo owners can use um, and just also just send out to their clients now um, and say, Hey, you know, this comes up, this is our policy dealing with that. So, um, cause I know a lot of people are struggling trying to figure out, I don't know what to do. You know, people are wanting to push this out for a year and a half and I don't even know if I'm still going to be, a, you know, if I'm still going to be doing this or where I'm going to be and da da da. So our um, COVID uh, uh, policy about that addresses those types of situations. So, yeah. So that's all included. It's all good. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really great. It's been really, we love doing it because it's just so informational too for the photo booth owner to, because a lot of people don't really know or they might be too embarrassed to ask like, what is this? mean you know then their <laughs> contract so we and i get that and so i i explain it to them to make sure they 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 get it um and so that way you know they it protects them too and it's important for them to know that information so that's why that consult is really really good um people really seem to enjoy that part of it so and then we just any questions they have too we kind of like what we're doing now yeah uh, i'll address so so yeah that's how it goes yeah and the best way to get a hold of you is uh, your website. Then, uh, yeah, my website. There's a there's a contact page on there, um, where people can email me, Aaron at AshlawLLP.com, and um, yeah, I'm available and, and happy to uh, talk and help whoever needs it. So we're there. Amazing. We're there if you need us. Sorry. I said we're there if you need us. So yeah, no, I mean yeah. you guys. I've, I like I said I've dealt with you guys in the past, and it's always been been great. So um, so yeah, so thanks so much again for taking the time to talk with us about this. I know the photo booth owners are going to be you know pretty ecstatic about getting to talk to a lawyer about photo booth stuff because yeah, 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 no, I'm happy. I'm I'm really glad you're doing this. It's it's very helpful for for them for them. So yeah, thanks so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, it was great. And thanks again. And so anyone else uh, who's listening, like I said, uh, ashlawllp.com, if you want to get a hold of Aaron to have him review your contract, you can get a hold of him uh, directly from there. And other than that, we will see you guys next week. Thanks so much, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you.